Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 1st. In today's news, a collision between a truck and a train carrying Republican lawmakers leaves one dead. Congress's to-do list keeps growing. And government lawyers are worried that Ben Carson's family is using his cabinet position for private gain. But first, the big idea. Washington right now is consumed with the Nunez memo, which could come out as soon as today. The long-simmering feud between President Trump and the Justice Department erupted into open conflict on Wednesday when the FBI publicly challenged the president's expected release of the contentious and classified memo written by Republican staffers related to the probe of Russian meddling in the 2016 election. One senior administration official says the White House has already heard and dismissed the FBI's arguments and said the memo from House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunez will be released as soon as possible. In a rare unsigned statement, the FBI cited, quote, grave concerns with inaccuracies and omissions in the four-page document, which was written by Republicans to impugn the investigation by special counsel Bob Mueller and alleges abuses at the Justice Department related to authorizing secret surveillance orders of former Trump advisor Carter Page. The FBI's public warnings came after several days of failed attempts by FBI Director Christopher Wray, who was appointed by Trump after he fired Jim Comey, as well as other Justice Department officials to convince the president and his senior staff in private meetings that this memo should be blocked from public release because it poses a risk to national security and could compromise sources and methods for intelligence collection. Trump sees this memo, though, as key to laying the groundwork for making changes he wants at the Justice Department, particularly pushing out Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who oversees the Mueller investigation. Now, Trump appointed Rosenstein, but he doesn't feel that he's sufficiently loyal to him. He even asked him in a recent meeting whether he was, quote, on my team. Officials said the FBI issued the statement knowing it would probably not affect the decision. But senior people at the FBI say the GOP's memo allegations are inaccurate and unfair. They believe the FBI will not be able to effectively counter those claims because many of the details are classified and they don't want to release additional information that could further harm national security. The House Intelligence Committee's top Democrat, meanwhile, accused the panel's chairman last night of making material changes to the draft of the memo before sending it to the White House for approval. Adam Schiff from California and Nunez have been bitterly divided over this memo. Schiff charges that it was secretly altered after it went through the committee on a party line vote and that Democrats were only belatedly given a chance to review it last night. A spokesman for the committee's Republicans said the changes were minor edits, but a senior Democratic committee official said they are not cosmetic. Instead, they are attempts to, quote, water down some of the majority's assertions before they face public scrutiny. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, one person was killed and six were injured when an Amtrak train carrying Republican lawmakers hit a garbage disposal truck in Virginia. The lawmakers were on their way to a West Virginia retreat. None of them or their family members or aides were seriously injured. Jason Lewis from Minnesota got a concussion, but he was quickly released from the hospital. A few of the doctors among the Republican rank and file ignored warnings from security officials not to leave the train and rush to help. For some congressmen, the scene reminded them of last summer's shooting at an Alexandria baseball field where GOP members were practicing. Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona said he was moved after watching Representative Brad Wenstrup cut away bloody clothing from an injured man for the second time in less than a year. The victim was in the truck. Number two, Congress now has a growing to-do list, and the timelines for their must-do tasks are beginning to converge. 
This raises the possibility of one enormous deal in the coming weeks to wrap everything up. But for now, solutions look remote. The most important item on the to-do list is to raise the debt ceiling. Congress has to raise the debt cap much earlier than expected due to lost government revenue because of the GOP tax cuts. The Congressional Budget Office says the tax law will lower tax receipts by $10 billion right away. If the ceiling isn't raised by the first half of March, the government won't be able to pay its debts, which could risk default. Congress must also reach an agreement on immigration. If they don't, a second shutdown on February 8th, just next week, would not be out of the question, though they could do another short-term stopgap extension that buys them some more time. Some conservatives expressed alarm yesterday that Trump, in his State of the Union address, offered to put more than one million undocumented immigrants on a pathway to citizenship. House Freedom Caucus Chairman Mark Meadows of North Carolina said his group of about three dozen hardliners won't vote for any funding bill unless House Speaker Paul Ryan makes good on his promise to push for a more conservative immigration plan. Number three, Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson allowed his son to organize an agency event with potential business partners, despite warnings from the agency's own lawyers. Ben Carson Jr. put people he'd invited in touch with his father's staff and copied his wife on related email exchanges. Lawyers warned that this would give the appearance that Ben Carson Sr. was using his position for his son's private gain, but Carson went ahead with it anyway. The incident highlights the extent to which the HUD secretary and former presidential candidate has relied on close family members since joining the cabinet. His wife, son, and daughter-in-law have all attended official meetings, both inside and outside the agency. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, February 1st. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.